Hi there guys and welcome to the second full-length episode of the First and Ten Dallas Cowboys podcast. Joined again obviously by me, Ben, and uh, we've got both Billy and Robert with us. How's it going guys? You both well? Hey everybody, I'm good. Be- better than I was last night. <laughs> I, I did the same. Last night was a rough one. Yeah man, last night was very rough, very rough. Well, there's lots we could start talking about but let's get in with the nitty gritty um for anyone who isn't aware and if you're not aware then you shouldn't really be listening to this podcast but we played the jets last night and um it was it was an interesting one um (laughs) i say interesting because i think it's a little too early to say shit on the show but hey there we go um we lost another game by two points um and it was another game where we turned up in the last quarter and it was too little too late. Um, so we're going to start. Oh, who do I go to with on this one? So, <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I can already feel the hate brimming in, in, in Robert. And I know that his rant's going to go on. So I'm going to start with Bill because I feel <laughs> when we get on to Robert, we're going to be talking about a lot of things for a little while. So, Bill, we'll start with you, mate. What, uh, <laughs> what have you got to say about uh, the, last night's game against the Jets? So, it was a game. It wasn't a good game. It was a terrible game. Um, I'm, one of the, I'm a Cowboys fan who is a realist. I try to take off my rose-tinted glasses. I understand who we are as a team. I understand who we play as teams. And yeah, we expected more. We expected a lot more. Um, I still was worried about that that um, that offensive line. I think not having the left tackle and the right tackle in just sort of didn't give Dak any time in the pocket. Um, and if we he did have time, he didn't think he had time, and he really? rushed a lot of plays. I'm a I'm a Dak fan. I think he can take us somewhere, um, but although a lot of the wide receivers were not getting open, especially after Cooper left, Dak Prescott cannot lead a player who is going from sideline to sideline. If he throws it down the field, he's learned how to drop it in. He's all right. He can lead a player running running down the numbers. But if you're going sideline to sideline, he throws it to your back shoulder. And I've seen this so many times now, especially in the last three games, that it's starting to really piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing, though, in a bit of defence with that, though, I've got to say, like, he took a lot of hits. He did. Um, it was, it was, it was only, only sacked once. Hits. Yeah. Well, I mean, luckily, the one thing with Dak is something that he does a lot better than Romo did is he, he's really good at, like, loosening himself up before he takes a hit and protecting himself when he takes a hit. So even when he gets hit really hard, he, he very rarely gets hurt. Um he is very good at that. Even just just the shifting of his feet, you can see like when he gets hit, he shifts his feet towards so he can go back easier. Um, he's you know he's he's very good on that. But yeah, he I was there's times during that game where I was like, can somebody just like protect Dak because he was just getting nailed. I mean, I know you know the one thing like you said there, and I think all three of us we are all Dak fans. I think that's one thing I can say for us all. Um, we, we are all Dak fans. Uh, but but yeah, he, he was getting hit a lot. Um, before we before we uh, move on to the American tirade, which I'm really looking forward to, um, one thing I would like to say that that I've not seen anybody else mention yet 
really. Everyone's talking about how shit we were. Um, but the Jets were pretty good, man. I'd, like, I'd, I've got Jets a bit of credit there. Um, just, to Darnold, jump, just to jump in on you man there, Ross, Ben. I, I did yeah. I did some stat checking before the start of the game before this start of the podcast. The Jets defense yeah. going into this game were twelfth in the NFL in total yards, seventh in rushing uh, rushing yards allowed, third in yards per catch allowed, fifth most interceptions, third fumble recoveries, and fourth in passing touchdowns surrendered. And we all yeah. thought we were gonna walk over them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I knew I knew they'd had a solid defense. The only reason that they'd taken so losses is because they had no offense. But they had, you know, yeah, they had had a solid defense. I didn't realize it was that solid though. To be fair, yeah, I, I knew was, they'd I was had. Impressed. But now, but they're with that defense, and now they've got someone who can throw the ball. And I mean, ninety-two yard touchdown. Like, like, I don't get me wrong. We'll move on to a second about the shit that we did wrong because we did a lot of shit wrong. But I've just got to give the Jets a shout out there that everyone's saying that we lost to a shit team. But I don't think we did. I think we lost to a decent team. Um, and uh, fair play to them. Jets are one of those teams that I don't really love or hate. I kind of feel sorry for them when they, they do shit so often. And when it's not against us, I'm quite happy when they win. Um, but yes, one of those. Right, now, here we go, what? lads. Here we go. Well, we've had a, had a little bit of us both. So, Robert, I know you've got a lot of views on this. Um, what do you think of last night's game, mate? <laughs> well, it was probably one of the most depressing games I've watched since the Des Bryant no-catch playoff game against Green Bay. Yeah. I'll start out saying the, the officials were absolute dog shit. Yeah. I, I mean, they were so bad. And I'm not making excuses for why they lost, but when Jason Witten catches a pass in the end zone in the first quarter and it's called back for offensive pass interference, I was so confused. Like, the two defenders ran into our player, but that was offensive pass interference. That, that would be equivalent if I were to walk up to, in front of a police officer, punch somebody in the face, and the person I punched gets arrested for assault, and they're the, and I'm the victim. That was yeah. as blatantly ridiculous as I'd ever seen a play called. Now, there was other terrible penalties, like when Dak got hit, goes in to uh, make sure his head is okay for concussion protocol, and there was multiple hits on Dak where there was no roughing the passer. But then yeah. you, and we'll go, let's just zoom out to the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter... There's a roughing the passer play on like one of the last plays of the game. Nobody was even near him. It was like the refs are trying to compensate for something they missed in the beginning, and it just wasn't enough. Now I'm going to the main part of the game. I was thinking, you know, they, you know, first they get the ball, three and out, punt, whatever, and then it goes to, oh, hey, this is looking good. We just cannot get to the red zone and kick field goals. And then that brings me to my next point, Brett Maher. He can hit a 62-yarder, but he can't put one in for 37, 26. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and he does that. And he does that regularly, doesn't he, Omar? Like he hits the hard ones, but he when you can't hit the little ones, and if it's a little one in the last minute of the game, you know he's going to miss it. I'm gonna I'm gonna protect him here. He's seven for 11 on the season. You just remember the bad ones. Yeah. True. Yeah. And and to be honest, to be honest, that's not compared to Bailey's. 
I'm, Do you know? Well, I don't know about Bailey's company. He had such a long time with the Cowboys. It's, it's. Um, I don't know, but I'm, I'm going to defend a kicker who can kick the ball 62 yards for a field goal. Admittedly, can't do it for 30, but he did it for 62. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. The other, Agreed. I agree with that, but you got to be consistent. But the other, the other piece of it is, so you get down to the red zone. And you keep kicking these field goals, or you get stupid penalties. That we just didn't look prepared. I felt like, our, I mean, when you let a when you when we're on the three yard line, or is it the seven yard line, and we can't get a touchdown, we don't kick a field goal, and then the first play out the gate is a ninety three or seven yard touchdown, and we have this the hot boys. Well, they didn't look so hot no. uh, when they allowed that to happen, and I feel like our defense had just falling apart like I don't know what's going on I know we're missing some starters but every time we sign these players to these big contracts they just fall off as well it almost seems yeah like. and I, I think that's across the whole NFL though um and, like, and you see that I think you see that in most sports um when people are being paid they're more worried about you know their their health than because they've got the money now they've got nothing to prove um and unfortunately it's one of the things in in most competitive sports you see it a lot don't get me wrong do you know what I mean not not everybody's the same but then i mean uh, well that's one of the things that interests me about brady brady's you know been paid all right but he's never had an incredibly high he's never been one of the highest paid quarterbacks um and yet he he produces and and the, there is something in that that I think a lot of other teams need to need need to get onto. But yeah, that's that that is one of those things. The thing yeah. with our defense is we've got we've got pretty much the same same squad we had last year, and they're just not producing. There's something up there. Robert Quinn is killing it. So that was a huge addition to the defense, I believe. Yeah. So you got to remember that our two stars, Byron Jones and Demarcus Lawrence, are coming off surgery from the off season. They haven't, they didn't practice any off season. Now they should be up to speed now, I suppose. But the guy I've been touting, Chidobi Wuze, was the guy that that pretty much blew the game for us in a few passes. So I think he's he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, he's going to be a good player for the Cowboys. But he just had a very bad game, very bad yeah. game. No, I want to. I'm with you, though. I, I really want to talk about. Yeah. I want to talk about made-up penalties. I, like I've, I've talked about this before, but you know, I there was that horse collar tackle by the, you bad. know, that was mm-hmm. bad, and there was some other craziness. But my my thought process is, we could be playing a game, a monster truck would come across the field, it would run over Ezekiel Elliott, and somehow it'd be on sportsmanlike conduct, 15-yard penalty. <laughs> the Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys thought that this happened. That's because the monster truck would be sponsored by the Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It'd be running on Jerry Jones Jerry, oil. Jerry's oil. Jerry's car. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. I I I looked at this as well. We we did a little bit better for penalties on yardage. Um, and the, over the course of the game, but I don't think over the course of the season we seem to be struggling on that. However, uh, they did try to make up for it in the very final drive, six penalties in a row. Yeah. Uh, there was one moment where, where Dallas, we, we, we desperately needed the touchdown, and Dallas were first and 27. Um, and <laughs> then one play later with a yellow flag thrown for the fun of it, we were first and 10. 
just at the goal line. Wow. It was like, what? what? <laughs> how, how, how did that happen? It, it was like the referees kind of just kind of went, um, oh, let's let's throw a few Dallas's way just to yeah. even things up a bit. I'm sure we were meant to let these guys win this week. With this conversation right here is as much as I agree with you and the penalties we get are ridiculous. Um, the problem is, though, is is every game that we have when we lose, whilst we do take a lot of penalties, um, that's that's all we talk about. And then all the fans of the other teams are like, well, they just blame everything on penalties. And like we we. we Yes, we do take bad penalties, but we also, we cause a lot. We take too many penalties ourselves. So much, not even bad ones. Like, we, we fuck up a lot, um, both offensively and defensively. Um, holding, I mean, I know every team does it, but the Cowboys seem to do it a lot. I think we do get picked up every time we do it, and then they do make up some other ones, agreed. Um, but I, it's, it is, there's, there seems to be a culture of it in the Cowboys. We had it last season, and we've got it this season. Um, of we're just constantly trying to get away with shit and we don't get away. <laughs> so maybe we need to stop trying to get away with shit for a little bit. That's got to like, be down to the coaching. You, yeah, you, 100%. You, the, the, the coaching should be taking the penalties away. And if it's not, I'm, I'm going to, any offensive holding penalty on the left tackle and right tackle down to the fact that they're just getting beat plain and simple. And what else can they do apart from just grab onto someone? Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, and I think any any other penalty that's that's um, that's that's just becoming more frequent is a coaching thing. They need to take that out, and it's another. What, what they really need to do is they need to get guys like Flozo Adams back in their lines, tripping up Justin Tuck twice in one season each time he breaks his arm <laughs> each time they play him. They need to bring guys like that back. Because if the penalty, at least they're off for the game. You get you you suffer once, you get paid for the rest of the game. At least it's worth it. So Flozell Adams, they need to give him a shout out and bring him back onto the squad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm saying that uh, does, does Perfect need a team? <laughs> if, if we're gonna do it, lads, let's go all fucking out, innit? Uh, <laughs> what's Wayne Devon Johnson doing at the moment? <laughs> uh, let's just go all out, flipping it. Oh, get the cast of the replacements up. We can have uh, <laughs> have, have Reese fans just kicking players in the face. Like, let's, let's, let's... <laughs> right. Well, as as we have mentioned the coaching now, obviously in in Cowboys media at the moment, everybody's talking about Garrett. Should he stay or should he go? Um, obviously, at the same time though, like. I'm just going to play devil's advocate here, but Garrett's not making all the calls. Garrett's not making a lot of the play calls. We've got offensive coordinators making the calls. You know, um, one of the problems is we, you know, we kept running early with Zeke. Yes, we said Zeke needed the ball a bit more, but it was very predictable when he was getting the ball. Um, is that, I mean, yes, Garrett has the right to step in, but also he need he needs to, you know, ha- have his trust in uh, old young Kellen Moore. So, I mean, if he goes or if he doesn't, is too much is much going to change if he goes what, what are we saying guys i'd like to say one quick thing about the cowboys they did a good job they didn't turn over the ball yesterday and zeke looked good when he needed to look good those are the highlights and jason jason went was mr consistent 
and Tavon Austin stepped up when Kyle yeah. Cooper were I was going to actually mention that. I would like to say Tavon Austin had the best game I think he's had as a Cowboy. It was about the highlight for me. I think if you were to ever say today what who was your player of the game, I couldn't think of anyone other than Tavon Austin. No, 100%. Everyone yeah, was 100%. mediocre. Tavon Austin made up for it. Yeah. I think I think Jarwin had a couple moments, but yeah, Austin wins that every day. But yeah, back to the question at hand, Jason Garrett. I decided to put that out there since we kind of skipped over that. Um, Jason Garrett, I've never liked him. I mean, I didn't like him when we were thirteen and three. I didn't like him when we were twelve and four. I didn't like him when we were seven and nine. He's never been a. I've never been a fan of him. He's always seemed kind of like, uh, you know, good job, guys. You could go out there and get the shit kicked out. He's going to to give you high fives. And I look at a guy like Belichick, who is, if you didn't, you won, yeah. We should have won by two more touchdowns. You, if you wouldn't have dropped those two passes, it would have been two more touchdowns. It would have been 14 more points for us. He, like, I feel like we're a guy like Belichick just never, ever satisfied. Where Jason Garrett, well, you know, if we win. We would say, we're going to go out there and have fun, guys. It's Pee Wee Pop Warner football style with him. You can clap your hands, shake your hand, tell everything that is good. And if, and if something's really bad, he probably won't even let you know because he's so used to being out, just clapping his hands. I think after uh, today, he probably went out and got himself a new pair of clapping gloves, and he's ready to go because he didn't clap a whole lot last night after the defense snubbed him when they, after they held him on the field. And I know everybody else saw that, and I thought that was one of the highlights of the game. <laughs> I think it, it certainly says a lot for for Garrett's sort of his Sorry, locker that's... room presence. I, I, I oh, think okay. I th- the defense snubbed Garrett. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> I think <sighs> I think that he's lost the team, and I, I'm not so sure he f- if he ever had the team. I think Garrett's job is to do what Jerry Jones asks. And and delegate it away to to Kellen Moore and 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 I always I I, I love our defensive coaches I love Chris Richards I love uh, Rob Marinelli, um, but our offensive coaches have never been good and co- and and Jason Garrett's a major part of that and I do think he is just a yes man for Jerry Jones. This this is this is one of the points. Any coach that we get in has to be okay with Jerry Jones calling the shots when he wants shots. And if we get any other coach in, is it going to change? Because well, if, if, the reason Jerry Jones has kept him there so long is, is, is Garrett goes, yes, Jerry, no, Jerry, when Jerry wants him to. And if we get someone who's got a little bit more ball and falls out with Jerry, then unfortunately, Jerry's a manager who likes to be a coach. And there's times where he can sit back, but there's other times where he gets involved. And I think... Like, don't wrong, he's done an awful lot for the Cowboys. Cowboys would not be the franchise it is if it wasn't for him. But at the same time, like, he's, you know, I think he definitely does affect the coaching negatively uh, more than it does positively, I, I think. What do you guys think? Do you think if we've got another coach, would it would it be different? I I feel like if we had a coach, it doesn't even have to be Belichick. Let's just say Sean Payton, another great coach. And uh, I feel like what happens is, you're going to get these yes men that are might be, they've always been maybe backup players, second, you know, subpar. They're just good guys. And I think Jerry Jones has a has a soft spot for good guys. And uh, not be not to be taken the wrong way, but uh, he, I feel like he's a very caring guy. But if he gets somebody in there that's willing to just take charge and be own, you know, own it, 
he goes in there and Jerry says, we're going to run Zeke 21 left. And uh, he's like, no, we're not. We're going to throw a deep ball and we're going to hit Amari Cooper. And that's what I'm going to tell Dak to do. Jerry might not like that, that he didn't get listened to. But, you know, Jerry's going to love it when Coop takes that to the end zone. Yeah, but, yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, you know, only only the coach and Jerry know what, what's happening when it's happening. But, um, you know, we, we never fully know what happens. But it's just, it just always seems like of, of all the uh, GMs out there, Jerry's definitely one of, if not the most involved in his team. I mean, maybe Robert Kraft has a little bit, but not. I don't think that much. Um, and yeah, I don't. It's not something I know a lot about, but it's something that I've always thought definitely affects the team. What are you thinking, Billy? You've got you've got a face right now, like you've got some thoughts going in your head. What are you thinking? I'm, Jerry Jones is is a polarizing character, and. I can see how it could be better. I could also see how it could be worse. The, you've always got a question. Whenever you're trying to take away a coach, who are you going to replace him with? Yeah. Uh, who out there? Is, who out there now is better? Now, obviously, a Dallas Cowboys coach is, you would think, would be a good job. But there'd be a lot of people looking at it going, well, Jerry Jones is going to be telling me what to do. So, so would you get a better better person in than jason garrett jason garrett's he's been there a long time he's he's got he's still got a winning record um he knows the system yeah he knows the system he, he, he know he knows when to get down on his knees in front of jerry and <laughs> <laughs> and, and you think well well is and is, take that oil my coat all it, over his face yeah he's getting rid of someone better than than keeping someone and telling him he needs to book up well i think the the only the only real argument against Garrett right now is it does look like he's lost the players i agree with that yeah and that is the only reason why i'd probably want to get rid of him i know he gets a lot of shit but as, as we've just discussed like i don't know if too much would change if somebody else came in um, and if the players still had his back, then I'd still be like, let's keep him. But it looks like the players aren't having his back. And I think we'll learn a lot against the Eagles. I hate, I hopefully we'll turn up and smash him. But I think the way it's looking is I think the players are thinking if we have a bad game, to, he fucks off. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that's not what's going to happen, but I was reading some reports earlier. I think it was Jane Slayer. She basically said that, uh, right now, the Cowboys aren't planning on doing any movements, but depending on the result of next week, it might change things. And obviously, if that gets back to the players, which I'm sure already has, it could affect how we play against the Sheagles. And um, so, yeah. It, what tends to happen in that situation, though, is Jerry, well, Garrett knows he'll be under fire and he'll end up sacking within himself before he realises he's the one that's about to go. He'll try and he'll try and push the blame, which might mean Kellen Moore loses a job. But I think Jerry's got him. Um, no. But I think I think the the head coach who who's on that hot seat tends to lose the play, pe- gets rid of the people around him who he can move the blame to first. Yeah, what I think really needs to happen, and this is a fly a fly out there idea, is uh, they need to bring in a guy like you know when President Donald Trump is. Uh, done taking the chair 
They should. I think. I think Jerry Jones should bring Donald Trump in and start having him just start firing people and make it like a like The Apprentice. You know, <laughs> take it to the next level. I thought you were about to say have Donald Trump as head coach. Then. <laughs> well, why why stop there, right? That's definitely what I thought we were going. Why can't oh, my... we have fifteen players on the field? I can have fifteen <laughs> players on the field. <laughs> They had still <laughs> back in my day. Yes, they did. They definitely did. Hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Donald, I didn't know Russians played American football. They do. They play the best American football. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, actually, you know what? Oh, that's a fun thought. Donald Trump coaching an NFL team. My God. <laughs> The cheerleader would just be his wife and his daughter crying. <laughs> uh, he'd have to, he'd have to manage the Bengals, wouldn't he? You know, match you know the jerseys would match his face. That's where I was kind of hoping that Garrett would go. He would match the uniform. He would match da- Dalton. They could make it the ginger team. It would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the thing, though. Yeah, that, that's actually a good question, though. If if Garrett was fired, what, do you think any NFL teams would pick him up? He'd get a job straight away. Same day. Reckon. Yeah. Really? It'd be harder to replace him than it would be to get someone in the job. Yeah. He's got the experience. Yeah. He's got everything. He wouldn't end up with a head coach role, but he he, he would he would find it find work somewhere. He'd yeah. end up, he'd end up in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you remember, but way back when he was the quarterback coach of the Dallas Cowboys, he was the highest paid assistant coach, and everyone wanted him as a head coach. Yeah, that's true. He was interviewed by about eight teams. In, yeah, there, that's... there must be something about him. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe it would just be better to drop him, drop him off the head coaching side because he does know his shit and he's a good guy. But yeah. I mean, maybe I he puts his trust so much in his offensive and defensive coordinator because it's something that he excelled in. That would explain explain a bit as well, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I got it. He could be the community entertainment director. He'd get everybody clapping their hands. He'd have <laughs> little kids clapping their hands, adults clapping their hands. It would be a birthday party whenever you went with him. <laughs> but would anybody give him a high five? That's the question. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one, too. I mean, after what happened yesterday, I'm sure no one wants to give him a high five. <laughs> right, guys. Well, I think we've covered pretty much everything there. Um, quick little preview. we got the Eagles coming up. They've just lost to the Vikes. We've just lost to the Jets. We're both three and three. The division is technically right for the taking. Um, what does anybody know right off the top of their head now what the injuries are looking like for us? I saw that Cooper may or may not. It looks like he, I saw a couple of different headlines. One said he's doubtful, and the other one said maybe he'll play. I and then, you know, the other ones were saying like day by day we'll know. I saw one today that said it was a bruised thigh. I know he was working on a quad and an ankle injury, that that's what they thought took him out, but it was a bruised thigh, possibly, that took him out of the game, which seems a bit weak. Um, yeah, that seems a bit weak. Yeah. Isn't, basically a, isn't that just a dead leg? 
That's what I thought. So, so you just play through it. Like when I was a kid, I used to have about eight, ten. That's like eight dead legs, and I used to walk to school, like, <laughs> like, like two miles. <laughs> like, come on, pal. <laughs> I uh, I think we're gonna have Lyle Collins back. I don't think Tyrone Smith's gonna be back. No. You saw that knee brace. It looked like I yeah. saw. Um, it sounds like we might get Cobb back, but there wasn't any confirmation on that since he. I don't know. There hasn't been a whole lot. I tried researching a little bit today and was not too successful at it other than hearing the same thing that Billy just mentioned about the injury to Cooper. Mm. On the plus side, the Eagles haven't got anyone. <laughs> their, wide receiver, <laughs> their wide receiver core is all beat up. Their uh, secondary is, is pretty much garbage. Um They'll come in and they'll, they're, their front seven will try their very best and probably do an extremely good job at destroying our offensive line. But if we can get it over the top of them and into their secondary, I don't see a problem. It's just we need to get open a lot more than we could yesterday. Yeah. And actually, something I was going to mention about yesterday's game as well, which depending on injuries will come in as well, is is remember last week we talked about you know, how we all rate Gallup and how Gallup was doing really good. And I remember I said I was impressed with how Gallup was looking like he was, you know, getting, had the potential to be a a wide receiver one status. Um, Without any help on the field, without, you know, Cobb and Cooper on the field, he looked like a lost sheep. Um, I mean, I know it's not all his fault. I know Dak Dak was some blame, but there was some catches that he should have made and he just wasn't making. He looked a bit confused. Um, some of it was Dak's fault, but there was there was about three catches that were just textbook and he just fucked it. Um, and going into the Eagles as well, like hopefully that was because he was was our main, you know, our main option then. Hopefully he's he's got over that stage right. Uh, but that's something we've got to be wary. If if Cooper and Cobb aren't coming into the game against the Eagles, um, is he gonna is he gonna go like around the headlights again? Like, because if he does, again, I know what you said about the uh, the Eagles secondary; they're, they're not fantastic. But if, if if he's not there, they will eat him up, like like any like any defense would. No, no matter what the quality of, if you make a mistake, that they will fucking have you. And um, that that's something that worries me a little bit. I think. They, they have a very, I've, very strong defensive seven. And they've just got nothing after that. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you can get a little bit of time, one of our guys will be open. The problem mm-hmm. is, is, do you bring Zeke out of the pocket to, to, to catch as a check down? Or do you use him as a as an, an extra blocker? Because I think that's what we got wrong as well last night. We never knew whether we were going to, in the passing game, we never knew what Zeke was. He should have been blocking. He should have been at least clipping. Instead of opening the ball with every first down running with Zeke, we should probably do something. Just throw it to Jason Witten. Get seven yards that first play. Catch him off guard. Now Zeke just literally has to go up the middle and get two, three, four yards, and that's never been a problem for him. And that kind of opens up the rest of the play. You start out with a seven-yard gain or eight-yard gain. Now you open up the playbook, and not, now everything's still wide open instead of going first down, running with Zeke. And if you get two yards, well, now you have to pass almost, where it makes it a less less of a game. And it's just, well, here's what they're probably going to do. And I, I feel there's going to be a lot more pressure on all the players being a divisional game, coming off of three losses, 
knowing it's her first place. There's a lot more at stake, I think, at this in this game. Mm-hmm. So I can I I really think they're gonna turn it up a notch. And I think I think you're gonna see some of those plays that Dak makes that make that make him a great quarterback. When he needs to be the best, he, he really shows. And mm-hmm. uh, it might it might not take place until third quarter, but I think if the Cowboys can come out there hot and uh, just get a couple touchdowns, get the lead first. That way Dak can feel more comfortable sitting in the back and then Zeke doesn't feel so much pressure like I have to run, I have to run. And, you know, if he runs every every game, you know, chances are he's going to eventually get hurt. And we're going to need him down the long long road. So I feel that tomorrow, or not tomorrow, but the coming game is going to be super high pressure and uh, so many things on the line that I, I think we're going to pull through. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game, but I think we're going to uh, – I'd like to see us win. I think it will be, let's say, 31 to 28, and we win by a field goal. And the field goal won't be something that's kicked last minute. It'll probably be kicked sometime in the third quarter. From, like, 80 yards, yeah. (laughs) 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 Sounds about right. So, are we both saying confidently a Cowboys win? I think we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't think so. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah. I think, yeah. don't forget but, we, we, we've got them rose tinted glasses back on <laughs> <laughs> and the, the thing as well something that has to be said is if we forget all the backroom drama um, and if we take out anybody's motives or anything like that this is Dak versus Wentz this is the Cowboys versus the motherfucking Eagles like let's fuck those boys up like we're the Dallas Cowboys and like we fucking hate them, and Wentz, all we hear every other fucking day from Eagles fans, oh Wentz is better than Dak. Wentz is incredible. Blah blah blah. Dak can't throw more than ten yards. Meh, meh, meh. And this is when he shows it. The only thing is, he's got to do it before the fourth fucking quarter. Come on, my son. <laughs> um, but that is it, and this is it though. And it's I can't remember. Oh, is it home or away? I can't think off the top of my head. Uh, I, think, I think we're at home. That's why we have we to beat home? them. We have to that beat is, them. Because if we don't, we're away against them next time. Yeah, but I'll take that right now. Especially 3-3. Three three, that is a home game. That is a really, that's a fantastic fixture for us with how things have gone so far. Um, with that noise, man, and that anger and that passion, um, oh, I hope we smash him. Oh, and I've got a, um, I've not actually mentioned this yet. Uh, you know, I, I did mention last week that one of my friends is an Eagles fan. Um, we've got a jersey bet on um, for the winner <laughs> of the division. Um, so one of us will have to wear a Cowboys or an Eagles jersey at the end, end of the season, depending on who wins. It's, it's, not worth uh, it. it's not worth it. You can't wear an Eagles jersey. You cannot do it. <laughs> uh, well, it's, 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 it's only for an hour or so. Um, and... I'm still, I said at the beginning of the season when I was completely confident that we'd smash him and I shook his hand. But if we do him, he's going to be wearing a Cowboys jersey. And this guy, literally, he, like, you know, I hate the Eagles because they're the Eagles. But from getting into football, the team I hated before I even knew the Eagles was the Pats. And this guy hates the Cowboys more than I hate the Pats and the Eagles combined. So let's hope, hey. Let's fucking hope. And if, 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 if we do lose the division... Um, I will not be taking any pictures and it will not be on social media. So nobody will ever know. So it'll all be fine. Uh, 
Oh, right. So we're saying a win then. We're saying a clear win. I'm not going to um, say a clear win. I'm going to say a win, but not a clear win. Clear win. See, I'm I'm going to go out on a limit now. I'm going to say we're going to... Most I think we're going to struggle. You made some very good points, and I, I hadn't thought about that. And if we get Coop or Cobb back... I think we're... Yeah. If, we're going to throw it more. I think if we get Cooper Cobb back, I'm going to say we're going to win by at least 11 points, I reckon. You want to have to look at what Kirk Cousins did over the weekend, and they, they're they a running team with Dalvin Cook, and they thought, let's not bother. Let's just go over the top of them and throw it to Diggs and, and Thielen. And we haven't got Diggs and Thielen, but we have got Cooper and Gallup. If we've got both of them, we should be all right. Yeah, and we're in. And I'll tell you what, if they utilise Austin more after the game against the Jets, like I think I think we have a, a real good good chance here. Yeah, I would say, you know what, fucking points. I reckon we're gonna do them at twelve points. Because if Kirk Cousins can throw the ball over him, Dak Prescott bloody well can. Kirk Cousins, do you see that video where he threw the ball for his um baby's like sex part, uh like, you know, what? where they say oh yeah, but I need to reword that. <laughs> you know when they do the, um, you know when they announce the sex of the baby and it's it's blue or it's pink, right? Well, they had that, and Kirk Cousins basically just had to throw a ball at a box, right, and then it exploded the color. And he was ten feet away, and he missed, and just got the tip of the left hand corner, and this tiny little wisp of blue smoke came up, like, <laughs> like if that man can destroy the Eagles' defence, I, I, I believe Prescott will do it. So, yeah, I'm going to say 12 points. You guys are going to say, say it's a little bit closer, and we will see. And um, with the way this podcast has gone so far, we will be here next week crying after we've lost the Eagles <laughs> uh, and talking about how terrible it is and how we want to murder Garrett. Next next week, it's in the, we're going to start the podcast, though, with how about them Cowboys? Because I haven't had to said that for a long time, and it needs to be said. And just because of that, I think we need to win. And uh, the other thing I was thinking about, your Kirk Cousins, little throw the football into the bucket, baby, baby reveal, gender reveal thing. I think I saw a similar one, but he threw it in the oncoming traffic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, guys. Oh. Right, that's it. That's that out. Like, we've done all our Cowboys talk now. Um, it's been a little while. I think we've been on for over half hour. But while we're here, I think we should have a little little check on, as we mentioned last week, favourite and least favourite players in the NFL who are not in a Cowboys jersey. Now, what we'll do is, oh, right, I'll go to, we'll go to Robert first on this one. So, I'm not sure if he's technically even playing in the NFL anymore, but I always got a kick out of Antonio Brown, not because <laughs> of his off-field behavior, but because, you know, his business is booming. Like when he gets traded to the New England Patriots, you know, he's got his Twitter feed going. He's, he's on that faster than President Donald Trump. He's letting everybody know he's doing big things and how he left Oakland and he was always a character, not quite, you know, the diva as a T.O. or a Des Bryant, but he's up there, and he was always kind of fun to watch and enjoyable. And so I would say, I'm not sure if he's still playing, but he's he's one of my favorite players just to watch. <laughs> last, last I heard, Antonio Brown's currently in a room somewhere having a game of catch with Colin Kaepernick, and I think that's, that's where we are. 
Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, then. I'll tell you what then. We'll, we'll keep with the best and we'll do the worst all together at the end. So, um, Bill, who are you saying for your best player? I'm I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go boring. I'm gonna go boring. Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders has helped me in so many <laughs> fantasy leagues um, that he's 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 competent. And that's about it. <laughs> he's gonna get your points if you go look in his general direction. Fifty percent of the time, you're gonna get him open. Um, he's never really blown the doors off anything, but he's done me. I wanted to say Chad Ochocinco. He's just he he was was a god to me when he was there. We haven't got a character like that, but unfortunately, I'm gonna go boring. Emmanuel Sanders. He's a nice guy. He does what he does. He gets off the field. It goes on to his wife. He's friends with Jason Garrett. <laughs> I'll be honest. In this conversation, I would have never said, never expected Emmanuel Sanders coming up in a million years. But fair play, fair play. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to go for another one. He, actually, same thing. It started me for fantasy the first year I had to be tore up, and he's not. He's been all right since, but I just like him. I like his character. Um, I think he's a badass, and that's Devon Freeman. I really, I really rate Devonta Freeman. Um, I think he's just a good running, heavy hitting running back, um, and he's got like when he talks. I think he's a funny fucker. He's very, he's quite quiet and reserved, and he's just got a few little one liners. Um, and he just he goes out, he plays football, he hits it fucking hard, and uh, yeah, it's not nothing really special with that. I just, I just really rate him. Uh, I've always, always had a bit of a soft spot for old Freeman. Right, guys, now the fun stuff. <laughs> 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 now I've got a funny feeling that mine and Bill's answer is going to be the same. I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to be throwing a curveball. Well, are you? Yeah. Oh, good. Right. Well, well, shall I start it, guys? Yeah, go for it. Right. Tom fucking Brady. Every fucking day. Every day. Right now, as I say this, right. I'm not I'm not taking away from the guy, right? He's an incredible quarterback. He that play he did last season or the season before when uh he had to waste time and he spotted there was somebody wrong on uh there was like a misplay on the th- thing, but the clock was running down. So if he threw the ball, the clock would still go down. And because they were running out of you know, they were trying to, you know, run the clock down in the last couple minutes of the game, he basically ran the clock down by ten seconds by purposely throwing a foul foul play and he was the only person who spotted it. Like the guy skill and eye for the game is incredible. And that's where my respect for him fucking ends. He is a fucking bell end. He is too perfect. I mean how can you be that perfect? Everything's just nice smiley. He's got fantastic kids. He's got a beautiful wife. He plays American football well and he wins all the fucking um all the Super Bowls. Like he's just too perfect. And that smile, he just he's like you know when you were at school and there's that one guy who was really popular who just like you know he always got on with a few, but there was always one that you're like, you're just a smart man. I want to kill you. And that is Tom Brady. He just exudes <laughs> just oh, just pure self-adoration. And I fucking hate him. He makes me want to throw up. Just that little glint. And the thing is, though, he's, he's clearly such a nice guy, and I'm sure he's lovely, but he just can't be that perfect. Um, <laughs> it's got something. Um, uh, like, I just 
he just keeps winning and then he's and then he, he's really humble really humble really humble and then he'll come out of a little bit like well everybody said i'd lose but i fucking did it and i'm like ah oh, you dick and I, just there's there's no good reason other than he's just too perfect and i fucking hate him it, i don't care i'm on a rant now lads i'm sorry you're all lost but like literally like just fuck him it makes my blood boil i hate that man Fucking, he, oh, oh, I think, just, right, I'm, 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 I'm not even making sense now, just fuck him, and, uh, I'm, I really hope he goes to another team without Belichick, and he loses, because it will make me so happy, I but think, I'll stop now. I think the guys at first and ten really need to find the sensor button for that one, <laughs> just, oh. a lot of it will be beep, beep. The one thing that hates, yeah. the one thing that really, really, and I didn't have very much respect for the guy because I agree with most of your comments, um, is when when he broke the thousand yard rushing, and he did this little two yard run, and everyone's like, oh, he's broken, he's he's finally got a thousand yards, and then he had to do a victory formation which by itself loses you a yard every time and he was shouting at the referee to move the ball a little bit further forward so he still had a thousand yards because the nfl were releasing a film about him that day because he'd just broken a thousand yards rushing and he was like, no, 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 you've got, no, I've done a thousand yards and there's a film about me and I was like, oh, just die yeah, just die. Yeah, the thing is, though, like, when I actually think about it, I don't have, like, apart from the fact that he's just too perfect, too good, and he's a smarmy, arrogant prick, like, I don't have any actual good reasons. I just hate him with every inch of my soul. I, I can't explain it any more than that. It, it just winds me up. Uh, it just, yeah, and it's the Pat fans as well. I hate Pat fans. I hate them. Every that- time I meet a Pat fan, the first thing I say is, who was the quarterback for Tom Brady? And if they don't know, I just... Is Drew Bledsoe? Yeah, well, Drew Bledsoe. And then he came to us, didn't he? Quarterback but- before Tom Ro- Tony Romo. Yeah. <clears throat> just to let you know, Pat's fans is my curveball. I'm taking the oh. Pat's fans as who I hate the most. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could have said gone- in a jersey... They're always in jerseys. They only have number 12 because they don't know any other players and most of them are in prison. (laughs) (laughs) Pat's fans are either lying to themselves or lying to you every time you speak to them about their team. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because because of two main reasons. The first main reason is... If they're a Pats fan and they're in the UK, this is not this is not a US one, Rob. If they're a Pats fan in the UK, they're a glory hunter. And they'll tell you they're not a glory hunter. And they'll tell you, this is my f- favourite lie that a Pats fan deludes himself with. I am a new, new England Patriots fan because I didn't have a team and I went for the most British English team I could think of. And because it has yes. England in the title... I chose yes. New England Patriots. Rob, who is the mascot of the New England Patriots? A rebel. Is a rebel. He's a minute man. What was the minute man's job? It was to be ready within a minute to fight the British. He is pretty <laughs> much the most anti-English team you could think of. 
Oh, I never even knew and, that. And yet your Pats fans were like, oh, yeah, it's the most English, so I went for that. The second reason they lie to themselves is the pra- Brady is the goat. And they'll yeah. all tell you Brady is the goat. And this is my yeah. other rant. Is preach, that, preach, preach. I, to- I told you guys before about when I was on stage with Michael Irvin and Kurt Warner. I never told you. Yeah. I was picked to, to play that game. We're throwing a football into a bucket. And my three opponents were between the ages of eight and 12. <clears throat> I'm 40. <laughs> I won that game. Does that make me the best person to ever go on that stage? Because I beat an eight-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 12-year-old. No, I'm just okay because I beat the people I'm playing. Brady in the <laughs> AFC East. Yes. Right. 100%. That's an analogy. I'm going yeah. to switch it up. Uh, if uh, if you guys don't oh, hang, mind, hang on, before we get there, there's one thing I need to say. Obviously, we're doing this podcast for first and ten, and we were put onto this podcast by Dave, who's a lovely bloke. He's also a Patriots fan, and he's going to have to listen to this entire podcast before he puts it on. And I just like to say, sorry, mate, but also. <laughs> We're really not sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain after your go, he's used the sensor button all the way through this now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If you're listening to the podcast and you've only heard for 10 minutes, we apologise for that. <laughs> right, sorry, Robert. On to you, bruv. Right. So I was going to say the most loved hate player of mine. It's going to have been for several years is uh, Richard Sherman, you know, when he, the whole, the whole thing in uh, Seahawks against the 49ers in that playoff game, when he just snubbed everybody and saying, he was talking about you and, oh yeah, he was talking about me and he's terrible. That's what happens when you go up a guy like me, go against the best. That's what happens to you. And then most recently when you saw, I'm not sure if you guys watched the game where he, uh, did not shake the hands of Baker Mayfield. I'm not sure if you, what you guys saw that, but he literally brushed them off, and he wasn't having it. And Just one of those type of guys that I'm Richard Sherman. I'm the man. He should be honored to play with me. He doesn't say all that, but that's yeah. his swag, and I just think it's kind of funny. He's either the best or the worst, but the only time you hear about him is when he makes himself known. <laughs> I, I I completely agree with you on this one, Rob. There, there's there's different people in the world. There's people that hurt other people, and they're dicks. And then there's people like Richard Sherman, who just an, an OBJ is one. They don't necessarily annoy or hurt people. They're just bell ends. Yeah. <laughs> they're not necessarily bad, but things you know that what? they do OBJ's just make them bell ends. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even think of OBJ. I just went for Tom Brady because I hate him so much. But you know what? OBJ's up there. He's a bell end, isn't he? He's a bell end. He, he, he goes on about that one catch, which was in a game against us where we won. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. 
like he spends more time on his hair and his shoes than he does trying to actually research plays now because he thinks he's that good. He thinks he can carry the team. He had the same fucking quarterback and he still couldn't do it. Like fuck off, mate. And now you got bait. Oh fucking prick. Ba- yeah, sorry. Sherman though, I, I didn't even think of Sherman. Yeah, he is a bellend, didn't he? He's just a bellend. <laughs> Yeah, the other guy I think is kind of funny is you bring up Odell Beckham. Wasn't he the one week one and week two wearing his $400,000 J-Cup watch and having his metal wrist watch shining everywhere so his one-handed catch could catch the whole, make sure they got the watch in the picture when his one-handed catch falling backwards. And yeah, I think he got fined, I want to say, $75,000 to wear that watch in the game. I mean, that's just ridiculous, and how, it's kind of how, funny at the same how much time. How the watch cost? Was the watch $75,000? I think the watch was 400000 Oh, The guy deserves to have it taken <laughs> off him. Yeah. By the bigger people on the field. <laughs> I, I, in fact, I'd make him wear it more, but to keep it on so he doesn't risk losing it, make it really, really tight, and then have somebody just fucking take his hand out and then watch his little wrist snap. Um, <laughs> just... On, on a separate note, but the same team, I saw Baker Mayfield yesterday. He's put on some weight. <laughs> he's, start, <laughs> he's starting to look like he's enjoying the Johnny Manziel life. No, no <laughs> definitely. He's becoming Manziel too. And I love Johnny Manziel because I just, I feel like if I'd have been a professional footballer, I'd have been Johnny Manziel. Like, here's some money. Here's a fuck ton of money. Play football. Don't get drunk, do drugs, and fuck prostitutes. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I just... That's, I that's just... what Robert Kraft does, and he owns a team. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Robert Kraft. Uh, I'll tell you what, that's a conversation. You, we'll, you know what? We've done players. We should do uh, owners and coaches. Uh, we'll do that next week, actually. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. Crafts, well, to be fair, we'll probably just, with how much we talk about the Pats anyway, we'll probably just have a two-hour special on the prick. Um, <laughs> right, guys, we've definitely gone far over our time. We've talked about everything. Um, you're right, I've, got, I've sworn way too much, so we'll see how much of this goes out. Um, absolute pleasure as always, guys. Uh, next week, obviously, we'll be talking after the Seagulls game and um, see, see where we go on that. I'm really hoping we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about, and it's a good result. But we'll see. Uh, if we keep losing every week, we might have to stop doing the podcast, because as soon as we've started doing this podcast, we've started being shit. That's true. That is true. Yeah, so we'll have to see. I don't, we'll have I don't see. think it's to do with us. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Just make sure you're all wearing your lucky boxes uh late sunday night and uh we'll we'll see how we do well absolute pleasure guys cheers robert thanks guys and um yes see you soon thanks for listening guys oh and uh before i forget as well um if you have listened all this way 10 out of 10 um please go on twitter if you have twitter um and at 10 cowboys that's with a capital t and a capital c um give us abuse tell us if you think we're right if you think we're wrong what you like, what you don't like, um, and make sure you follow us, share us about there, because the more followers we get, the more people we get listening to us, uh, then we can start maybe running a few competitions and getting to know stuff in the future. So we want to know who's listening. So if you've gone all this way, 
uh, please do that at 10 Cowboys on Twitter. And if um, you agree with everything we say, link it to a Patriots fan that you know. Yes, please do. Yes. <laughs> oh, fucking Patriots. Right. I'm going to go. I'm tired and I'm repeating myself. Absolute pleasure, guys. See you soon. Thank you very Cheers. much, everybody.